0: Lord, may these words be your words, and may the words that aren't your words fall away, Mm. and just your words remain. In Jesus' name, amen. I am Terry Wilson, and I work for Young Life. It's a high school outreach ministry where we work to introduce adolescents to Jesus Christ and help them grow in their faith. My husband Mark works with me. I am the area director locally, and he works for our region. He hit twenty years working with this ministry this summer, and I'm just right behind him, about a year behind him, nineteen years. And um, it's been such a privilege to work for young life, and we go to young life camps. We have camps all over the nation, and our family, We'll go work at one for a month in the summer, and this summer I had the privilege to be the camp speaker for an entire month at our, one of our middle school camps in Florida, and it was such an honor, and all month long, I was the speaker, but Mark would stand behind the curtain the whole time, and he would bring props out, and the whole camp loved him as much as they loved me. They were like, Mark, they would yell every time we come out. But he would stand back there and he would pray behind the curtain for the entire time that I was speaking. And it was such a beautiful opportunity for our whole family and for us and our partnership in this ministry. And it was such a gift. Well, it's such an honor to be able to come back here and do this. It's such a privilege to be able to stand before you and do this, except for the fact that when I, you know, we we get this this lectionary. And we we have these scriptures, and we did this based on our availability. And then I hear that my scriptures are all is vanity, a passage about money, and then a passage about putting to death your evil desires. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> but then, of course, the Lord is so good, and the Holy Spirit is mighty, and the scripture is God-breathed, and He worked it out for me, and hopefully today he'll work it out for us. And so when Mark and I got married, we were here at CODA, Robert married us, and in that first year of our marriage, Robert was like, you should do Crown Financial Ministries with Salmon and Crosby. They're part of this church still. They come to the 8 a.m. service, and we were like, okay, we'll do that. And, you know, money's kind of a tricky thing, and we got into it, and we learned kind of how, how we spend money, and but we didn't know we were signing up for this year one of marital counseling and learning what it looked like from Sam and Ann Crosby. They're amazing, and to watch them be married and to, walk, to walk, be mentored by them and to be signed up for, to be prayed for by them every day. But money is tricky. It's mentioned over 2,300 times in the Bible about money and possessions and greed and contentment. But it's important to the Lord. Obviously, it's in here. But it's really not a money issue. It's a heart issue. And if you look at this passage in Luke 12, if you have a birds eye view of the Bible here, Jesus has gone and he's spoken to his people about all these things and he's told him, he's told them, he's sitting there telling them earlier in the chapter or starting in verse four, he's saying, have no fear because God cares for you. And he talks about the sparrows and he's like, if, even, if God cares for the birds, he cares for you even more. And then he goes on to talk to them about how we should be acknowledging God in our lives and standing before others and acknowledging God in our lives. But then there's this guy, and he's so upset about what's going on in his life, he can't even hear the words that Jesus has for him that day. And he says this. He says, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And you know, Jesus isn't unconcerned about the injustice in this guy's life, but he's more concerned about his heart issue. And like I said, you know, money's not really a money issue. It's a heart issue, and we hang on so tightly to it. And so, Jesus responds, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You know, and I think about the abundant life that the Lord has given me, I don't think about my car or my house or my shoes or my rugs or my lamps. I don't think about the things inside my home. I do think about my dog. I love him so much. But really, I think about the people in my life and the experiences that I've been given to live life with those people. And I even think about this passage before when he talks about acknowledging Christ before men the opportunities we've been given to stand for Jesus in our lives and to proclaim him to others. I think about that, and I think about the experiences we've been given to live with others and the relationships in our lives. But I don't think about the stuff. I don't think about our items we have in our homes. But for some reason, when we get fearful, we worry about money, we worry about the things We worry about how we'll provide for fill in the blank. And even Jesus goes on after this parable he tells to say for a while, he says, do not be anxious, do not fear. But when we get worried, that's what we think about. That's what we cling to. And so Jesus tells this parable to teach us a lesson. And he says, the land of a rich man produced plentiful. And even in the story, the rich man was worried. He said, What shall I do? Because I know when we worry, we think if we just had a little bit more, then we'd be okay. We'd fill in the blank. If if we just had a little bit more for this, then we'd be okay. But even this guy had a ton and he was worried. He said, I'll just build more, I'll build better. I'll manage better, and then I'll be able to eat, drink, and be merry. But God called him a fool because his eyes were on things of this world and not things of above. Because it wasn't really about the money. It was about the condition of his heart. And so now what? We have this heart issue, and now what do we do? Well, I joked about this lectionary, but... The guy in Ecclesiastes had it figured out. He said it was all vanity. And so we can pop over to Colossians. And here Paul really dives into it. And he talks about putting to death these things and putting on new things. But before we talk about what we need to put to death and what we need to put on, we can look back earlier in this chapter 3 and look at the first four verses that we didn't get to read today because this is what it's all for. It says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You have been raised with Christ, you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ appears in glory, you will appear with him. This is what it's all about. When he died, he died for us and we have died with him and we will appear with him in glory. This is where our identity lies. Sometimes it's so easy to forget that he died for us. And sometimes it's so easy to forget that we are new creations in Him, and we forget to celebrate that. We forget this is what it's all for. And so because this is where our identity lies, we have to put to death the things that are contrary to our identity. And so Paul lists a whole bunch of them. He lists sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. And then he goes on in verse eight, he says, "You must put them all away, because Jesus wants us all. He wants all of us. anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. You know, for the guy who was there with Jesus today that day, For him, it was covetousness. I wonder for us today what it is that we need to put to death. And you know, it doesn't go unnoticed by me that we must first put to death before we put on the new things. And also, Paul names the things that we must put to death. I think for us, sometimes it's easy just to slip into the sins in our lives just to kind of fall into things. But Paul intentionally names them. And I think in order for us to really deal with the sin in our life, to really come out of the things that we struggle with, we have to name them and really work through the sin in our life and really name the sin in our life. Because that's what Paul does here. And then he says, "...seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices." And have put on the new self, which is being renewed and knowledge after the image of its creator. These things that we will put on are in the image of our creator. And this image of us putting on a new self, he uses imagery of putting on new clothing, so it's like we're taking off an old outfit and putting on a new one. And these are the things he says. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones. We have his unmerited favor, holy and beloved. We are incomprehensibly special to him. We can't even fathom his affections for us. Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, Meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Think about the staggering debt that Jesus paid for us. And that is the level by which he wants us to forgive others. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called one body. Imagine as people came to visit our community that they left with an overwhelming peace because peace is what characterizes our community here. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Imagine if the Word of God was so deeply rooted in us that it spontaneously expressed itself like this. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You know, just reading this makes me breathe a little deeper. That this would be how we would live in community if we did. I think all, if, if all of our communities of believers lived like this, I think our communities would be changed. But as we do, as we strive to take off and put to death the old things and put on the new things, let us not forget where our identity lies. That he, we have died with him and been raised again with him that we are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Let me pray that for us. Lord, help us to remember and celebrate that the old has gone and the new has come. Help us to remember that we are your chosen ones, holy and beloved. Help us put to death the old and put on the new. Amen.